0: Throbbing his old sweet song. Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get up, get out of the bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten but still When he starts rubbing his own sweet song I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red
2: On the road and a second clean sheet in a row, but a devastating end to the game for Ronnie Schwartz as his penalty is kept out right at the death. Welcome to Charlton Live. Charlton Live. Charlton Live. Charlton Live. <laughs> So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. My name is Louis Mendez. I hope you guys are well. We shall be looking back at yesterday's uh, goal draw the uh, straw with Oxford United. Could have won it though, of course. Ronnie Schwartz's penalty, the last kick of the game, uh, was brilliantly saved by Jack Stevens in the Oxford goal. So we come away with a, a share of the spoils and not all three. Um, so uh, joining me on the pod at the back at that game uh, and uh, ahead, of course, in Northampton on Tuesday. First up, uh, the chef, Mark Newbury. How you doing, Mark?
3: I'm very well thank you Lou, covered in spaghetti, I've been trying to feed my boys this evening
2: yeah. and
3: so you know, I've got bits of pasta dangling off bits which, which shouldn't be dangling off
2: Well that, uh, shouldn't, that obviously hasn't gone to plan, a bit like Roddy Schwartz's penalty yesterday <laughs> unfortunately but yeah good to hear you well and also uh, a man who was there in person to witness uh, that they're really devastated, I, I was really gutted at full time after that uh, Mr Terry
4: Smith, I didn't tell yeah, oh, I'm good. Yeah, how lucky was I yeah. <laughs> to be there to be there in person to witness it? Uh, yeah. I'm part wishing I was at home, uh, covered in spaghetti. Yeah,
2: possibly. I know. I was uh, covered in uh, all sorts of uh, food <laughs> stuff uh, Not spaghetti after the game yesterday. Just throwing stuff around the house because I was, I was genuinely really gutted that we didn't win that. Um, you know when you get that chance Uh, but that's the way it goes so uh, on tonight's show we will hear the highlights shortly of that game Uh, we'll hear of course from the Addicts boss uh, Lee Bayer we've got some uh, interviews with uh, from the women's team as well Erfa Cummings the uh, goalkeeper uh, and Ratish Mishra the manager after today's 1-0 draw with Lewis we'll hear Uh, and also we've got John Farrell uh, on the show later on uh, an author who's written a uh, a book about uh, the Addicts Valley Heroes part two we had him on when he brought out part one couple of years ago and that part two's out now as well so we'll hear from john about that later on before perhaps we can head to that game with northampton at the valley on tuesday but terry as i said you were there um a bit of a nothing game really i think northampton hit the post we had a couple of half decent chances as well as sort of petering out into a goalless draw uh and 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 if it had just done that i don't think we could have had too many complaints but i mean when you're given a penalty to win it with the last kick of the game and, and you still come away without the three points I mean that that's pretty devastating and and, uh no for no one more so than for for Ronnie Schwartz because I mean you know he he had the had the minerals to step up and take it but he was absolutely gutted when he was unable to put it past the
4: goalkeeper yeah strange day I mean it it as a as a contest you're not going to um in years to come, remember the goalless draw at Kassam Stadium. It uh, it was, as you mentioned, a nothing game. It 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 was petering out to nil nil, and, and we'd battled, and and I guess I was thinking about it, and, and in isolation, a uh, you know draw up at Oxford. Apart from the last couple of games, they had been playing reasonably well. We're just starting to get something back, you know. With uh, the the victory last time out, and what looked like another clean sheet going forward, we were we we looked a stronger outfit, if still not firing on all cylinders, as it were. But, you know, and then I think probably, I mean, if as I say, if you took it in isolation, that sort of result, a point away from home, you'd have been reasonably happy with it. Or, you know, every probably Champ fan would would be reasonably happy with it. But the fact that we haven't been playing well, that well, or at least haven't been getting the results uh, of late, except for last week, and then you think, um, you know, it, 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 fans will be looking at that and think, that's not good enough. And you can sort of understand it, but, um you know had it been had we been achieving more points at home, had we been slightly higher up the table and and in a better vein of form, a goal of straw against oxford pro- Oxford probably wouldn't be that bad, but and then, as you say the um the missed penalty right at the end or not missed saved penalty, should I say right at the end and I, and I think the reason you're probably that gutted, and I probably was, and everybody is is it looked like we were going to get away with something because we'd just seen well, i say just and. A few minutes earlier seeing Ford smash that shot against the post and we're thinking, wow, we got away with one big time there. And that was their only real um, chance in the game. And then we come up up the other end a few minutes later, Schwartz has the opportunity. I mean, how many people thought it was a penalty? I'm not sure. It uh, it looked uh, dubious. I still haven't seen it really in slow motion to say whether it was or it wasn't. Um, Surprisingly, not too many Oxford players complained about it, but... Schwartz hunted the ball down. He actually wanted it. You could see as soon as the ball was deflected out to the to the sidelines, he he, he pursued the ball out there. He, so he clearly wanted it. He clearly wanted to make a mark, and you can't uh, you can't fault him for that. And he hit it reasonably well. Uh, just just decent height for the keeper. If it had been a couple of inches lower or a couple of inches higher, I, I don't think the keeper would had a sniff. But it was it was perfect for him to make the save, and he did. And you know, probably a point was about right though.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree that the the, the end result was probably fair. Um, I mean, maybe getting slightly carried away, Mark. But I mean, if we had got those two extra points, you know, we'd be two points off the playoffs. Obviously, the game's in hand, and, and I still think it's a hell of a long stretch. But you know, psychologically, if we'd taken six points in a week, it might have might have just made the end of the season, you know, shake up look a little bit different for us.
3: Yeah, of course. I mean, overall, four points for the week, two clean sheets. I think you've got to be reasonably happy with that I mean I look at it this way if we'd conceded a penalty in the 93rd minute and Amos had saved it we'd be on cloud nine and saying, great we've got a point which we weren't even going to have that I mean Oxford at home you know they've won seven and they're a very decent he's got them playing decently well at home and uh, so, you know, I looked at it and thought to myself, was it going to be another banana skin game where you do well in one game and then you lose the next one? Um, so it's funny because I'm quite suspicious, uh, suspicious, um, superstitious, so suspicious as well, but superstitious about penalties. I can't watch them. Um, if we get them, if, if the other team gets them, Um, I tend to watch, but if we get one, I I don't watch it. It used to be that any time you'd see any footage of us getting a penalty at the covered end, everyone would be watching it. Apart from me, I'd be turning my back on it. Um, It looked, it was a good penalty, it was a good save. So, you know, I don't think Ronnie deserves any pelters for it. I'm just slightly surprised. I would have thought once Connor had gone off that, you know, they have a list of penalty takers, all clubs do, and I'm surprised that Jake didn't take it because he's, he's he's taken, I think he's taken a couple for us. Um, I know Ronnie wanted it, but that doesn't just because you want it doesn't mean you get it. So you know it's it is what it is. I mean a point a point a, a tough place. Yeah, I'll take that.
2: Excellent stuff. Well, let's have a listen then to the highlights of the game over at on Valley Pass live yesterday. Steve Brown joined Greg Stubbley and
4: Terry Smith to clear clearing away down the line. Anyway, up against Aggie Pierce and, Agu- and uh, FAMO just getting in each other's way. You could, you could hear Pierce's call, but I think FAMO had already committed to the challenge and they're now just uh, sorting it out between them. But you heard from up, up in the stand that Pierce wanted it, but FAMO had almost committed to getting to it first and fortunately for Charlton, Agu- I couldn't uh, capitalise on the situation. Well, I don't know if he was meaning for Smith, but he's found an EK. and EK can pick out Miller on the left edge of the penalty area. Back into the line, forced to Kasky. Can he get a shot away? He can! But it's gone over the bar. Kasky claiming it should have come off or it did come off more the Oxford captain, referee says no and it's gone
5: away for a goal kick but uh, first meaningful shot on ta- on, uh, on goal from Charlton Yeah, very acute angle but excellent run from Kasky beyond the backline it, but it
1: falls to Ford again Ford's crossed towards the far post Ruffles gets something up, Famo's header comes down to Shadipo, the shot deflected and goes wide, crossed towards the far post, is high but it falls to Gunter Jadiko misses the header and to trying to get it past him. Ball towards the far post, 6-1, Force Kasky with the header! Might even have just come off the bar and just Ford over. again with the corner. Lee came with the header away, and that will be the half-time whistle. the first half. Concludes, Oxford 0. Charlton Neal here at the Kassam Stadium. Oh. Gorin onto his right foot ball towards the near post. It's cleared away by Ruffles. Only as far as Martin the shot. It ricochets down. Comes to force Kasky. Gets onto his left foot backwards to Watson who strikes. And it's over the bar. Comes to the right to Ford. Ford taking past Markson. Oh Working an angle for a shot that comes off the post. A great strike. Charlton still trying to defend as Branigan to his left to Ruffles. Now Branigan again inside to Shadipo. Hold up by Fanwo, gets onto his right foot, Charlton trying to force Oxford back, ruffles, ball towards near post, comes off of Watson. Shadipo gets it past Fanwo, challenge from Watson was an important one, and then Gunther clears up towards Washington. Washington will pick it up here again for Charlton, Charlton got three on two with Washington to his left to Miller. Miller can drive towards the penalty area, onto his right foot, Miller goes for goal, and it's just wide,
5: end-to-end stuff. That's a really, really good break, actually. Tipped to 45 minutes now. Three minutes have added on.
4: Martin again with the throw. This time adjacent to the corner of the penalty area. Into Stockley. Made the run into the penalty area. Turns away from his man. is he taken out? The referee
5: has given the penalty. And Charlton have a spot kick with seconds remaining. Well, that's an outstanding turn, isn't it, from the set piece? I thought the throw was too high. I don't know how he's managed to actually chest that. Swivel as it drops to the ground. Half volley it in his own path and then he i mean you've seen the replay greg if you can cut in or i don't know if your mic's on or not but you've seen the replay and i don't know if how much contact oh, i'm having a little look now oh <laughs> is it generous <laughs> uh, yes. oh listen i'll say it's a cast iron one because it's charlton <laughs> and we could win the game but i think carl robinson will be furious well, schwartz is stepping forward for this to take the penalty put it this way tell so if that was me that as the defender I'm chasing the referee out of the ground. <laughs> I could be wrong. We've only got one angle, but this gives us a great chance. Schwartz, it is. He'll step forward to strike this. Does so. And the keeper saved it. Tips it over the bar. We'll have a corner. Yeah. Uh, no, we won't, because the referee now has blown his whistle. And Schwartz had the opportunity to win it for the Addicts right in the last second. And Stevens guessed right and tipped it over the bar he did i mean you, you're always kind of critical when it's a 93rd minute and your, your player misses a penalty but he's popped it with power in and low into the keeper's bottom left hand side and you have to give credit to the goalkeeper for reading it getting across strong arm and pushing it above the crossbar but that is a world-class opportunity missed for charlton to wrap up all three points in fairness I'm not sure we deserved all three points tell. I think a point is fair on reflection of the 90 minutes, but that is a superb opportunity denied by a wonderful goalkeeping save. That was it. The, the very last kick of the game. And uh, the, the goalkeeper
2: keeps it out. Absolutely devastating. Um, Terry, I mean, Mark Mark mentioned it before. Were you surprised that Ronnie went to take it? I mean, according to Lee Bayer, he's, uh, he's quite good from the penalty spot. And, uh, you know... You know, just because we hadn't seen it before, his his record is is reasonably uh, proficient from there. So there's no reason why he shouldn't have taken it, really, other than perhaps he hasn't he hasn't played too much football recently.
4: Yeah, yes and no on that. I think um, the second part being the the yes, uh, I was a bit surprised, mainly because he'd only just come on and therefore uh, was he really um, up to speed with everything and and uh, striking a, a ball from any distance when you've only just come on? It shouldn't be that big a task, should it really? But but players do like to play themselves in. So, a little bit surprised in that. Not if, I mean, if he'd have been playing longer, then no, I wouldn't have been surprised because we, we hear stories um, that he is probably the best striker of a ball at the club. Uh, I don't know about a list of penalty takers. Uh, certainly, we know that Connor Washington's uh, top of the list if there is one. Um, well, how, how far Schwartz is down that list or even if he's on it at all, um, I don't know. Nobody does. It's a difficult one because, you know, could he have hit it any better? <laughs> No, probably not. He could, as I say, said earlier. Probably a couple of inches higher would have been perfect. But you know, you got to give some credit to the keeper for making a half decent save. But um, I don't know. Are we clutching at straws, saying a different penalty taker would have scored it? I don't know. There's no, you know, we've had uh, Nicky Bailey. Don't forget. So who's to say whether he, uh, if somebody else had taken it, he would have scored it anyway? So you know, it. Uh, I think it'd draw a line under it. It didn't go in. Um, I think the, um, the the funniest thing for me now, subsequently, is um, I, I caught up with the highlights uh, on Quest and uh, uh, Carl Robinson's post match is, is a is a cracker if you want to listen to it because he said, "Oh yeah, we do research on uh, on, on other teams. Uh, we spend a long time looking at uh, other penalty takers and how best to, to handle penalties." Well, if if his keeper and their people uh, spent hours looking at uh, Ronnie Schwartz videos to see what way he was taking it, I'd be stunned. <laughs>
2: I mean, that, that would be some thorough research, like Marcello Bielsa style. I, I, I did think I saw Carl Carl Robinson walking down that little path next to Sparrow's Lane the other day with his binoculars. <laughs> Come, it, it, to be fair, even if you couldn't see him, you'd bloody hear him, wouldn't you, from a mile away? But um, yeah, it, it was good. So, I mean, it, it's, it's the main talking point from the game, isn't it, Mark? Because not much, not much else happened. Um, so, it, I mean... Well, he, he he was the, one of the main conversations after, afterwards with fans as well on, on, on the forums and whatnot. You know, saw a few people who were quite upset with Ron. Most were supportive. Let's not get carried away. The majority are supportive and, you know, pick, pick, pick himself up. But, you know, we, we've seen a couple of people, A, questioning why he took it and B, you know, questioning what he's brought to the side so far. You know, in in his 14 appearances for the club, 11 have come from the bench. We haven't seen a great deal from him. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's he's still very much in that settling in phase, isn't he? Don't forget his family's over in Denmark as well. But he, basically, we're, we're told he's a striker that if he gets a chance inside a penalty box, he'll he'll tend to 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 make the goalkeeper work at a, a minimum. But we haven't really given him too many chances yet, have we?
3: well I mean I think it's indictment of how our form's been over the last you know x amount of games really we've been so stop start and you know we've been playing roulette with strikers up front i mean he, he did say Terry said he, he you know he hadn't been on for long he came on in the 77th minute so he'd been on for over 15 minutes um you know that should be enough I can understand if he'd come on in the 87th minute and he was a bit cold, but you know, it should fifteen minutes, it should be enough to get you up to speed. Um, I do feel sorry for him. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a, a nabby character for us. Um, meaning that, you know, he might not have everyone on his side at the beginning, but I think he'll come good. It can't be easy for the guy. Um, over here on his own, you know, his other half's pregnant back in Denmark. So whether he's FaceTiming her every night and seeing her and okay you've got your training but you know it's half a day and stuff, you don't have the chance to do the social things at the moment, you know whether he's staying you know in a local hotel or whatever, it's it's not going to be that fun for him and mentally you know if you, you're you not in a good place, I mean you can say you know well you can put it all aside for 90 minutes but sometimes it's not it's not that easy. Um I think if we have a service, I mean I remember a few weeks ago he came on and, and didn't touch the ball at all, but I just think you know he's not getting a service I mean when you look at the goals his goals package as it were um he thrives on almost being sort of like sniffing a chance out and burying it, and we've not been getting that we've you know we we either overplay or underplay or it's that long decision. Bo says himself you know we're not making the right decision in the final third, and uh I think if you you want your strikers. To have a bit of variance. If they're all like chucks, it's just it's not going to work. So you want to have your Stockley and your Washington and your Swartz and your Aniki. So you've got those each one bringing something slightly different to to the game. And at, at the moment, is is probably uh, is suffering a little because I think of just how how we're playing. And if we're trying to be a bit more secure, you know, chances are going to be far few and far between um i i think possibly it's it's too early to tell i mean i don't understand <laughs> abuse people give him online i don't think it achieves absolutely anything and uh i think people should give their heads a bit of a wobble you know if they want to go online and start adding him into things and criticizing him because it's they don't know the whole picture behind everything and i think you know you support them until they 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 don't so let's support him yeah
2: uh, I mean, other than the, the the penalty missed, Terry, we should try and talk about the other 92 minutes of the game. Um, fairly even, let's so say. I think that <laughs> that that shot that hit the post from from forward was was Oxford's best chance. I think there was one from Shodipo, uh, Shodipo. Sorry, that was uh, that was blocked in, in in the first half as well. Um, our our openings, a couple of them fell to Jake Forster, Casky in their header, uh, one from Miller as well in the counter attack not long after Oxford had hit the post. I mean you know it wasn't it wasn't a vintage performance from us but i think again i think that there is a clear improvement that we've seen you know clearly from from the blackpool game where they're at the very lowest ebb but we we we're looking a bit more of a coherent unit again now which is which, yeah, which is something that's, that there's has had to happen otherwise we 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 could really could have been in a bit of trouble
4: yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking about the game won't take that long, will it, to be fair? I think you've mentioned all the, uh, the notable highlights. Uh, I think Jake foster coming back in the side was huge. I think he, he just adds that extra dimension to the midfield. It makes, it makes us um, harder to beat when, when he's in midfield because cause of his battling qualities, as well as being able to push, uh, push us forward uh, when needed. So I think he's, um, he's key to our, to our play, generally speaking. He makes other players better because Watson had a better game. Uh, still made a couple of, of mistakes where you think, well, oh, you know, especially just in front of the penalty area when he tries the little flicks and stuff, and you think, well, oh, oh, is that necessary? I um, mean, you know, sort of things you'd probably get away with in the championship um, as well. But I think, um, yeah, it, again, I think it's probably um, a sort of reflection of, of where we are and how we've been playing up until last week, uh, where you know the confidence still, I don't think, is 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 fully there yet. I think um, a few more battling performances like that because let's face it, that's what it was. It was just uh, um, I don't mind it as well actually because if uh, if you're not going to win, don't lose. And I think um, quite e- it would have been quite easy for us to lose that. I mean, obviously if Ford's shot had been a couple of inches uh, to the left, then we would have um, found it tough to get back into that after after that. But I think uh, it's something we haven't done in in recent uh, games, especially at the Valley, of course, where if you're not going to win, just don't lose it and. I'd like to see uh, that reciprocated going forward. I mean, let's battle. Let's let's just roll up sleeves up and make sure we're not going to get uh, not going to get concede any goals, uh, and then take it from there. And uh, we should have you know the the strike power with the, the likes of Chucks and Liam Miller going forward, and uh, now Jai Simi obviously if he if he plays and comes on, um, and uh, Stockley and uh, up there as well, Chucks and Eager. We should have the firepower to be able to grab one or two goals, and we've proven that already. Uh, it's just um, it's just Trying to stop and get in the other end, and I, and I think that definitely starts in midfield, which is why I think Jake's so important to us.
2: Mm, yeah, certainly, and obviously that that second clean sheet in a row, Mark, is big for us again. Uh, you know having having looked a bit all over the place at the back at times this season, to to, to get a couple of more uh, of more settled performances at the back, obviously with Akinfenwa coming back, Piercy coming in and, and looking strong as well. I mean, that's that's a massive boost for us. Oh,
3: huge! I mean. <sighs> we We've been leaking like a colander absolutely, and you look at it and think of yourself right, you just do the basics like like Bowie says you know we, if we do the basics right we we're a good team um but it's, it's not we weren't doing the basics right, and I think look it, of a balance we look we do look better with Jake, I mean I disagree with someone. Online, who just said, he, "Oh, Foska is just bang average." I'm thinking, well, you know, he's he's not. I think he he really has taken over, sort of almost like a Cullen role this year in sort of like trying to make us tick. Um, and uh, it's, let's like say doing a simple things, regimented, you know, not being silly. I think the good thing really is that after Matthews had gone off injured, you know, we had Gunter to replace. You know, straight away, and you know, that's that's when you've got sort of like some solid defenders like that, and saying, Right, you know, we're not going to be r- racing forward every five minutes, we're going to keep it tight. Um, let, let Pearson Fame Road start to build a relationship, which all centre halves need to do together. I mean, they've not, I'm trying to think, they've not really played, there's only a couple of games they've actually played together, so that, you know, that's still in its learning stage. Regardless what you do on the training pitch, it's actually in the match with him talking and them knowing when to go out and when to stay where they are. Um, Martin on the left again, you know, is is settled and he's not racing forward and defending a bit more. Um, midfield's looking solid, and we are we are we are going to catch people on the break. You know, it's getting the balls out fast enough. Um, I think DJ's possibly. Needs a, few, a bit more time to settle. It's a bit because you wanted him to come in literally firing on all cylinders, but I don't think he's actually settled there yet. Um, but it's not really been the kind of games we have the luxury of, of giving him time for. So that's why you've you've had the shinies and playing ahead of him. So it, it was good to see. I mean, it's the proof will be Tuesday night at home because in you know, over two away games, you're thinking lovely. If for home form. If they concede an early one, will the heads drop again? And I think the the the, te- the litmus test will be Tuesday night.
6: <clears throat>
2: yeah, certainly will. Right. Um, I mean, just before we hear from Lee Bowyer, then, not talking about the the playoff race. <laughs> um, you know, we <laughs> officially we're still in it. I guess four points off of Portsmouth. So Portsmouth are in sixth. They've only played one more game than us. So. You know they got they got tonked yesterday by Northampton and they're not playing well at the moment, Portsmouth. But you know, so they are potentially catchable. Um, Ipswich and Accrington ahead of us they've still got two games in hand on us and two points ahead of us. I mean, you know, we're 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 clutching at straws somewhat. It would have looked slightly different if we if we turned that into three points yesterday. But I mean, your views on it, tell Have you? I mean, me and Tom have both said we've given up now. Have, have you? <laughs>
4: Uh, it's a weird. No, I haven't. But that, that's not necessarily because I'm full of um, ridiculous belief or anything. It's just that uh, first of all, you know, when the season kicked off with what had happened to us pre-season uh, and and in the previous years, uh, after Thomas Sengog took over, I was pretty much tr- um, treated this season like a a, a a throwaway season, if you like, a, a sort of plus. So if we get anything from this, it's an absolute bonus because you know six months ago I not wasn't sure we'd even have a club to to support at all. So I'm quite happy for the... Say happy, that's not the right word. I'm I'm quite okay with this season just being one of, all right, we'll get this out of the way, uh, especially now with the salary cap gone, uh, and we can concentrate on going forward once this season's gone and everything's sort of back to normal, if, if it can be. Uh, regards to the playoffs specifically, I mean, you look at Portsmouth. I mean, yesterday's a classic example uh, with Northampton putting four past Portsmouth just before they come to us. Perfect, thank you. But... <laughs> Portsmouth, I mean, they'd gone six games without losing, I think, possibly even more, but certainly they'd drawn one and won five of the last six, and then they go and get beaten 4-1 by, uh, by Northampton, so it just sums up this league, anybody puts five or six runs together, five or six wins together, then they're going to be there or thereabouts, and up there. And, and obviously, I'd much rather do that towards the end of the season, or than uh, than at the beginning or the middle. So if we're still in, you know, in and around it with, uh, uh, like we are now, and we put five or six, I mean, all right, you can't necessarily see it the way, <laughs> the way we've been playing. But if we can, uh, if we can, uh, t- you know, somehow put together a, a, a sequence of uh, five or six wins in, in, in let's say seven or eight, and, and draw the others then we will be there or thereabouts. And, uh, and who knows, you know, if, uh, if I was a betting man, no, I probably wouldn't put my house on it, but you never know.
2: Mm, Yeah. Well, uh, Lee Bowyer would have lost his house yesterday as we're about to hear in, in the, um, uh, in in his post-match interview, actually. I mean, that run, uh, any run for Portsmouth was actually a bit further away than, than you remember, actually. it was, was just before Christmas, they've won uh, only one in their last six. Now they've lost four. Who was I
4: thinking of? Maybe Peterborough. Then, yeah, was I so who, Who's at the top?
2: Yeah, yeah, Peterborough at the top now. But let's So many okay. teams. There's so many teams at the moment who, you know, ha- are capable of going on a run, but then ever so quietly have, seem to have lost loads of points. Like um, I think Hull, when they were at the top around Christmas, all of a sudden they seem to drop off. Uh, and Lincoln had gone three games without a win before yesterday. It's amazing how how easily so many teams at the top can get just get stuck into little. Little uh, little dips in form, but unfortunately we've uh, well we've uh, sort of outdone them <laughs> uh, in yeah, in, I, I, in that regard. It, it's more of
4: a it's more of a valley than a dip. If you'll pardon the pun, yeah,
2: exactly that. And ironically, is that the valley where we have a lot of our problems? Anyway, let's hear from the man who is in charge at the Valley Addicts, boss, uh, Lee Bayer, I spoke to him after yesterday's draw uh, with Oxford and asked what he made of the game. Yeah,
6: done, I think it was two good teams cancelled each other out really. Um... I thought it was an even game I think a point was was probably fair a draw was the right result over, over the 90 minutes but obviously disappointed when you have a have an opportunity like we did at the end last kick you, you can nick the free really not that we didn't deserve anything but it, it would have been harsh on oxford if uh, if we scored that so um, but a lot of positives to take from that um, Another clean sheet, another good away performance. Um, players, again, gave everything. Uh, they looked a bit tired at times, I felt. Um, but they gave everything. And uh, me standing on the side, I can't ask for no more, you know.
2: Tough to take for Ronnie Swartz with that. That missed penalty with the last kick of the game. You know, he's, he's sort of still bedding into the side. And, I mean, that would have been a great moment for him to get his name in. In, in the headlines but I mean it was a great save as well from the keeper I don't I don't think there was too much wrong with the penalty really
6: no he's very good at him. like I've, the one thing I've seen Ronnie do that's take a good penalty like before he came to the club we obviously looked at a lot of clips and, and there was penalties here in them clips uh, the one thing that did surprise me he didn't go a bit higher so he's um, he normally puts them in with pace in the top corner like he's I'd have been homeless now because I'd have put my ass on him scoring that. But the keeper's made a great save and you can't take that away from it. So uh, that's what he's paid to do, is make saves and he's made it. And would I trust running to go and take another penalty tomorrow? Yeah, I would. Um, so uh, but that's 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 the game, unfortunately, and we just ain't getting that little break, are we? That's just not really coming our way. and uh, All we can do is keep trying and, and working hard and trying to do the right things. And I think we've done that today. One criticism from today, I'd say we just, we won the ball back. Our traps worked. We won the ball back in great areas. Um, And just that that next pass or the second pass or that final cross, you know, like it was, we let them off the hook so many times. Um, If we'd have taken care a little bit better, then I think we'd have probably scored a couple
2: what, what do you say to, to Ronnie after that? Because obviously he's still finding his, his chances sort of few and far between. He, he makes his appearances off the bench. He went that long time without playing before he, he joined the club, of course. And for him, you know, not with his family around at the moment, it, it could be quite easy for him to get a little bit down after something like that.
6: Yeah, I said to him, Ronnie, look, this... Is, I trust him. I trust him. I said to him, look, forget it. It's done. It's, the keepers made a good save, like. Forget it. Don't worry about it. You can't change it, now. <laughs> He won't sleep tonight. Hundred percent, he won't sleep. But it's only certain things you can you can you can change, and you can't change that because it's done. It's gone. So it'll dwell on his mind for a little bit. But again, I think uh, I think he has to just get over it, guys. Right? There's another game Tuesday. But I think he'll struggle to sleep tonight because. Uh, I've missed chances myself, and then you just keep replaying it over your head a million times. I guarantee in his head, he's thinking, oh, I should have gone that way, and I should have gone this one, and I should have hit it, but like, this will be going for his head at night. But like I said, I trust him. I trust him. He's a good finisher. And uh, Just because he's missed a penalty, or the keeper saved the penalty, I don't think he missed it, and the keeper saved it. So just because the keeper saved it, it doesn't doesn't make him all of a sudden someone bad. You
2: mentioned, uh, obviously, the clean sheet as well, second clean sheet in a week. I mean, the, I mean, there's a clear improvement that we've seen from, from what's, what happened last weekend in the two games this week. So, you must be pleased with how, you know, the, the side's looking more organised again.
6: Yeah, it's called hard work. That's all it is, hard work. If you work hard and do the basics right. A couple of times we did it. We, we should have just... Cleared our lines and we tried to be too cute and too clever, and we nearly got found out. But, um, they nearly punished us in, in recent weeks. We've been punishing every slight little mistake we made, but today, today, that didn't happen. So, yeah, the, the, the players, if you work hard and we do the right things, the basics right, then we're a good side. We've got good players, and we're a good side. Um, like them individual mistakes. out then we can compete with any team. In this league easy. I know that. There's not one team that that would frighten me if we had to play them at Wembley tomorrow. I wouldn't I? Wouldn't be frightened playing them. Anyway. So uh, just have to do them basic things and work hard, and hopefully things start going our way.
2: Uh, Adam went off in in the first half. Um, It's it's hard to tell from the stream what was wrong with him, but uh, have you any any early assessment on
6: him? Hamstring. Hamstring. Uh, He felt it when he handed the ball back to the keeper. So, it felt like a little twinge. So, we'll have to assess that and see how how he is tomorrow.
2: And obviously you mentioned uh, that there's no team that you'd be scared of playing at Wembley, but in order to, to be there, obviously the, the, the home form will, will need to pick up and we will have to start on on Tuesday with a Northampton side that, as, as does every side we're about to play, seem to have suddenly picked up out of nowhere. I mean, they got a big result today, but you know it's important that Charlton can, can go again on Tuesday and, and start to improve that home form.
6: Yeah, yeah. We have to turn that around and we have to turn it around starting Tuesday. I agree with what you just said. I think these next three home games are going to be so important to, to what happens to us. Um, but again, there's positives to take from today. It's something else to build on. Hampton are a completely different team to the one that we played away earlier on in the season. I we went and watched them the other week against Ipswich. Completely different. It was a 3 5 2, and it was long ball, oh, and not anymore. They're hard working and um, they're honest and they're not a bad side. They're better than Ipswich when I watched it. They should have beat Ipswich away. So uh, we have to be at it for sure. But again, if we put performance in like today, then we'll have a good chance of winning. So,
2: obviously, Ben Watson got another start today after he played well on, on in the midweek against Wigan. I thought he was really excellent again today, you know, cleaning everything up in front of the back four, getting into the right spaces. It, it felt like his form in sort of the few weeks before Wigan was not quite there, but now it feels like he's getting back to his best. How, how much of a boost has that been for you and the team?
6: It's important. He's a senior player and he's got a lot of experience. And uh, I think he'd missed a little bit, didn't he, for, for injury and then it took him a little bit to catch up. And But, yeah, again today I thought he was excellent. I took him off because he had been booked and other weeks, within a minute or two minutes, another player's been sent off, so <laughs> couldn't, we couldn't take that that, that risk. So, um, so, yeah, I thought uh, having Ben back to, to his normal self is, is, is important. And and was that the same
2: reason you took Chucks off at halftime? He was on the booking, and been punished in recent
6: weeks for that. Good guess, Benji. That's the reason why. I took him off.
0: <laughs> Selling a little or a lot.
4: Pressuring the ball again and Gunter to doing exactly that. Almost gets the ball off the He Doesn't know where it is. Williams picks it up. And EK in the box. Can he touch it in The well? He can! And he yes, in! First goal for the Onyx. And it's a stormer.
1: What a finish from the new boy.
5: Charlton Line.
2: Right, welcome back to Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday evening. Looking back at the goalless draw with Oxford, we just heard there before the break from the Addicts boss, uh, Lee Bowyer Asked him, uh, obviously, you know how he's going to pick up Ronnie Schwartz uh, for for starters, um, and, and he's got a job on his hands there. I mean, he, he's had a big week, hasn't he, Mark? Because this time last week, I think there was a few of us who were wondering if, if we weren't going to be seeing him much, much more after after what happened against Blackpool. So, you know, he, he'll be pleased that he's been able to get some sort of reaction out of him this week.
3: Yeah, I mean, I heard that. I, I, to be honest, I didn't agree with you guys, um, but I could understand why you might have felt like that. Um, he has had a big week, and obviously, there's been phone calls and meetings he's had above him, and to say, right, this is what we're trying to do. And you know, fair play to Sangard; he's not listened to, you know, X, Y, and Z who have been atting him in every tweet they put, which get rid of Boya, get rid of Boya. Um, he's going to make his own decisions. I think he understands he might not be a football person, but I think he would understand to change the manager now wouldn't guarantee us getting in the playoffs. It wouldn't guarantee us getting relegated, you know, would be in the same position. I think he's looking at it that way. I think Bowyer is going to look and say, right, I've got, you know, one or two players coming back. I mean, I think Innes is returning to training this week. So, you know, that bodes well if he's if he stays fit. Um, And he can look about and say, right, we we do have some different options now with people coming back from sort of like injuries. And uh, I think that's the best thing for both of you is just have some solid, solid sessions in in, in the um, warm-up, in in training and, and take it from there. I mean, do I think we're going to finish in the top six? hand on heart I, I don't I mean if if we did I would I agree with Bojo I don't think there's anyone there who would scare us but I think on our day I think we're equally as capable of turning someone over as being turned over um but again I, I agree with Terry it's almost like a throwaway season from where we started I think what it was is because we'd had such a decent start I think people's expectations I mean I've talked about it plenty of times on here Saying that your expectation levels change week by week as, as a football fan. I mean, it's, you know, you have a couple of wins and you're top of the world and you have a couple of losses and it's sack the manager of not fit to wear the shirt. You're thinking, well, the personnel hasn't really changed totally. You know, people suddenly don't become bad players overnight. You might know, the confidence might go, but it's for them. That's where good coaches can come in and say, right. Let's have you on the training ground. let's get your confidence up. let's you know have you knocking in balls past Ashley Maynard or whoever for a for whole training session. you know you know where the goal is, it doesn't change. you know just it's about that final decision making. Um, I think sort of like one or two things with, with Boja, he's he's probably now got the basic idea of if he's got all his players fit who he wants to start. So it's probably not going to be too much of a difference over the next couple of weeks unless an injury puts someone out. So, I mean, it's only the second time this season we've actually started the same team, you know, in consecutive games. So, you know, it's I, 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 I trust him to be doing the right thing. So I don't think he's going to let them coast and I think, you know, understands that hard work. Pays off. I mean, it always used to be. We might not have been the most skillful sides over the years. You know, a test of that. Um, but you know, we worked hard. You know, we we, we were a hard working team, and the hard work pays off sometimes. If you you're fitter than than the other team, that that can pay off. So we should we just see on Tuesday. Like I said, I think Tuesday night is the um, litmus test.
2: Yeah, certainly will be. Right, let's have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in. Chornixel. Uh, said it would have been nice to have beaten Gobbo yesterday. Uh, yeah, when um, uh, when Carl Robinson was our manager. Yeah, chat X. I wasn't a big fan of listening to to the post match. Gotta say, conversations, but they're post match like verbal essays really weren't they, Terry. Do you remember that one away at Blackpool, Terry? When we spoke to Carl Robinson literally for about forty minutes, twenty of which, <laughs> twenty of which was him speaking to us before before the interview. Then we did a twenty-minute-long interview. That was one. Of, that was a
4: long one. <laughs> I think uh, if I was to add up all all my input into uh, chats with Carl Robinson over a period of how many years was it? I don't know how many games was. It, it, it was only, it was only about fourteen
2: months. So I was shocked when I looked It felt like
4: a lot longer. Really? Okay. Yeah, fourteen months worth of, uh, of post-match interviews. I'd be lucky to get twenty minutes out of the whole fourteen months. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, you, know, you know, I I quite like Carl It's difficult not to, to be fair. Um, and uh, you just had to ask one question and just let him go, and he'd, he'd be away. You'd, you'd be lucky to get a word in edgeways. I was say,
2: you'd be lucky to finish your question as well. Really, <laughs> I don't think I did, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but no, he was. Uh, he, he did have a bit of a motor mouth on him, uh, old Carl Robinson, uh, which Charltonix I wasn't always the biggest fan of. Uh, Charlton Hack says it could be a very valuable point if we can capitalise in our next free home games. It's a massive eight days coming up. Uh, for the addicts when they're at home three times starting with that game against Northampton <clears throat> on Tuesday Richard Burton says really good to see two clean sheets in a row the defense and midfield are looking better and more solid generally which is a fundamental but we've been ponderous going forward too many poor touches and passes in promising positions positive change though overall cheers for your message uh guys there we've got a couple of emails coming as well McSquared uh, says, another very scrappy game. Very few chances at either end. Defenses on top, but another satisfying clean sheet, at least. We've Uh, We were given a golden chance to take all three points with the last kick of the match, but ultimately uh, it would have been smash and grab. Wouldn't have Swartz taking penalties in view of the fact that he's only been a peripheral player since he arrived and has only scored one goal so far. However, he didn't do a lot wrong. At least it was a great save and not a miss. At the end of the day, uh, as gutting as it was, we have to accept penalties aren't always successful. I don't know if anyone saw uh, Yaya Sanogo's penalty. Uh, for Huddersfield against Cardiff on Friday night. Now, if Ronnie had done that, then we'd have some complaining to do. Uh, It was quite funny because obviously that was Dylan in goal for for Cardiff and that's the third penalty he's faced. Uh, The third one that hasn't gone in and I saw his his dad on Twitter, obviously very proud of his son. He's doing really well and we're all pleased for him. But making a big deal out of the fact that that, uh, Dylan hasn't let in penalties in three Three, three in a row now. But I'm thinking, yeah, if I'm standing in goal for that Yaya Sonogo penalty, same outcome because it went a mile wide. But uh, there we go. Right, McSquared continued. Uh, let's face it, the uh, a draw on the day was a fair result. Oxford played like a typical Robinson side. Hard-working, miserly and unexciting. We had to play the same way to cancel them out. And that's exactly what we did. Pearson Fainwo were extremely solid again and gave their all for the cause. Oxford are clearly about our level Uh, at the moment Uh, at least we appear to have cut out the sloppy defensive mistakes for the time being And that gives us a platform to go on and turn a point into all three. My main concern at the moment is that Miller's form seems to have dipped sharply in the past few weeks. Uh, We need him to be firing on all cylinders in order to be a significant threat to the opposition defences. He's superb when running with the ball, but at times his control is very poor. However, we don't have anyone to replace him, so we will just have to hope he comes good again. All in all, a very decent away point uh, to add to our total. Let's see what happens in the next few matches. That's from McSquare. What did you make of that, Liam Miller? Um, Terry obviously he has dropped off a little bit I mean there was one point yesterday I think during the second half where he picked up the ball in a half drove forward and, and I'm thinking right here we go and, and there has just been a little bit of of a lack of end products perhaps from him recently
4: yeah I think that's fair I think um, he'd probably be the first one to admit it as well the, you know uh, and occasions I think opposition um, management and players will now know what he brings and uh, quite a few occasions you know you see teams doubling up on him which which Makes it more difficult for him to uh, to perform, especially when he operates on the left. They try and make sure he stays on his left foot because he's clearly right footed, and he wants to cut back in. And I remember saying to uh, to a few people over the over the course of the last few weeks, you know, if uh, if you are going to cut in, if you're going to um, sort of feign to go left and then cut in on your right because that's your favourite, foot, you got to then you've got to produce once you've done that. Uh, And um, defenders know you're going to do that you've then got to produce afterwards so they've then got to try and cover your right foot as well because what he is very good at is uh, going to do something with the right and then Going back out again on the left and opening up space. And he did that in the first um, few weeks he was here and sort of hasn't been able to do it since. Now, whether that's what that's down to, whether it's a confidence thing and then just snatching at it, because there was a couple of times where he did take a heavy touch, Uh, one particular one by the byline where he seemed to have got past his man and then just, just took that last heavy touch when you think, just get it in the box. But you. You know, he probably looked up and there wasn't that much in there, perhaps. But just get it in the box and then see what happens. Um, and as, you know, um, as he plays more games, that'll come. More experience, I think, because let's not uh, forget he's spent most of his time either out on loan or in the under twenty three. So, you know, he hasn't had the, the, the matchday experience necessarily that, um, that, that other players have. And so it'll come, hopefully. And I think... Um, Again, it's probably all down to this whole uh, horrible confidence thing. You know, when the team's playing well and you're confident, you these sort of things come off when you're second-guessing yourself, when you're thinking, oh, if I cut back in on my right now, I'm covered off so I can't, you know, and when, if I cross it, there's nobody there. You know, it, it's a whole gamut of emotions that, uh, that stop you doing things like that. I remember speaking to Paul Mortimer about it once, um, and he said, uh, you know, when players are just lacking in confidence, that football becomes a tennis ball. And controlling it and and striking it just becomes that much harder. And that seems to be what uh, both Miller and probably quite a bit of the side, is going through.
2: Yeah, certainly uh, certainly tailed off a little bit though, unfortunately. Richard Church says, Hi guys, so I was somewhat perplexed by myself during and after yesterday's game. I wasn't shouting at the laptop or jumping up and down when we got the penalty equally. I didn't collapse in a heap when Ronnie missed it. It just seems a bit meh. Uh, Even Lee Bowyer didn't appear to be upset with the drop of two more points. It feels like we've all given up a little bit. Lockdown fatigue perhaps. I wonder... If you have got less emails and tweets this week, yeah, we certainly have. Uh, Is it just me, or are we feeling a bit jaded? Anyway, I enjoyed the commentary uh, and Steve Brown's input as well. Uh, I will be there online again on Tuesday night. Come on, you Reds. That's from Richard. Yeah, I mean, see, see, I feel like I was a bit of an outlier because, I mean, I saw Tom Wallin actually put on Twitter that he wasn't feeling it either, even when we won the penalty. When we won the penalty, I jumped out of my chair and cheering. Um, And then when, to be fair, as soon as Roddy picked it up, I was like, oh, no, I don't fancy him to, to score this. Just, you know, I just felt like a bad, it didn't quite feel right. But, you know, when he missed, I, like I say, I was, I was genuinely devastated. I don't, know, I don't know, Mark, do you feel a little bit detached from it? You know, obviously me and Terry are lucky that we get to go to, you know, Terry's going to all the games. I'm going to all the home ones and, and get to work the away ones from home. So I feel I, maybe I feel slightly more involved because I'm lucky like that. And maybe that's something that's a bit different for everyone, unfortunately, at the moment.
3: Yeah, it's always hard. It's always difficult, and the fact that we're not there, I think A has made a difference to our home form. I mean, we've said ourselves on here that some of the games we've lost, we think we've got to, could have got something from, if if there'd been a crowd there roaring them on and getting into them. Um, I totally understand where Tom's coming from. I mean, possibly the, the games are coming thick and fast, and there's no steady influence of results for us because it is up and down your emotions you feel like a hormonal teenager because you're feeling so down and the results come through and if you haven't watched it you know then it comes through on your phone you know like, oh you know we didn't win again or we, we did this so it is, it is difficult to um, get that uh one question i had i wasn't sure whether you or terry might be able to answer why were we in blue yesterday because i couldn't see how we clashed with oxford's colors
2: yeah, I don't know, I do I do wonder if there's like a contractual agreement that we have to wear the blue kit a certain amount of times or something because it did seem fairly pointless, but who knows. It's a nice it's a nice enough kit, so it was good to good to give it an outing.
3: And on sale as well now over the club shop.
2: Oh, are you on commission or something, Mark? I mean, yeah, it is. I'm making as much money as I can, Louis, that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I did yeah, I did see they've put um they've they put the uh the kits on, on with a discount. Right, last email uh, comes in from Phil. Hi guys, a fair result yesterday. A oh, shame we didn't pick up all three points with the last kick of the game. No criticism of Schwartz as the penalty was well struck and also well directed. Okay, the height was perfect for the keeper, but he guessed right and made the save. Could still do with playing the ball quicker and I do wish we would look to take throw-ins uh, in a more of a positive way. We always differ with the ball and eventually throw it short to a player within five yards and under pressure. We never look for a quick throw and there is never any movement or or runs for from players to try and find space. Uh I've on the odd occasion someone finds space the thrower is never looking at them. Uh, as they only want to throw it short. More solid performance, though, uh, and can only hope that they can take that into Tuesday's. Referees certainly take an exception uh, to the aerial challenges of Chucks, despite the fact he never leads with his arm, but just uses his arms as leverage, uh, as every other player does. Good to have Stockley up there as well, so if either attracts the wrath of the officials, they can always use the sub for a straight swap. Uh, Hope we can create and take a couple of chances on Tuesday and get a win. At the Valley first, yeah. I did uh, Chuck's booked again? Uh, to be, I didn't see, I didn't see the replacer, so I didn't see how bad it was. But it did seem, I don't know, it does seem like he's one of those players who gets uh, gets unfairly targeted by referees purely because of his size. But unfortunately, that's the way it goes. Right uh, over at the Oakwood today um on Sunday, I went and watched the China Athletics Women's Team uh, game with Lewis. A one-all draw in the end, King uh, giving the Addicts a lead just after half time, sort of a, a free kick. Uh, from Ella Rutherford that went in towards the near post. The goalkeeper spilt it and King uh, was joining on the spot just to to turn it in and, and you know massive lead, but unfortunately, um, just five minutes later, a bit of a mix-up between Grace Coombs uh, and the Addicts goalkeeper, Ertha Collins. I think I think Grace has just, just gone to head it back and, ju- and just got it a little bit short, unfortunately. Uh, and the Lewis player lifted it over Ertha and made it at 1-0 five minutes. So, and that's how it did end. I think draw probably a fair result. The Addicts were pushing for it at the end, but I'd, I would say that Lewis had the best, particularly of the first half. Um, so yeah, happy with a point. Um, it moves the Addicts up a place. Um, the bottom of the table looks slightly different now. So London Bees were beaten heavily at home uh, by Leicester today, 7-0, I think it was. So they've dropped to the bottom. Uh, Coventry got a completely unexpected 1-0 win uh, over London City Lionesses, the team that the Addicts beat last week, Coventry. So they've now climbed up to 10 points. They're in 10th. Cheltenham are in ninth. On 11, at uh, London Bees are bottom on, in 11th on eight points. Uh, they've played three more games than the Addicts and two more games than Coventry. So Charlton looking good still. Um, but you know, if if they could have held a found a winner today, that would have helped their, helped ease their relegation uh, fears. But anyway, after the game, I caught up then with uh, both. Uh, Ratish Mishra, the uh, Addicts manager, who was uh, the manager of the month for February. Uh, but first, let's hear from Urfa Cummings. The Addicts goalkeeper asked her what she made of the 1-0 draw with Lewis. I
7: think it's really disappointing. The final result the, and, and the way we concede the goal is not, not good enough. That was pretty poor from us. I think on balance, they were the better team in the first half, but in the second half, we came back into it and and like, I think we could have won the game. But a result, a draw... Is not the most unfair result in the world, but it's just frustrating.
2: I mean, it's more unbeaten now. You know, I was just saying to mm-hmm. Ratish, you now with the manager of the month award, seen <laughs> we've seen that Charlton are picking up points now that perhaps mm. they hadn't been doing earlier on in the season. you Are feeling a, a little bit of momentum building up?
7: Yeah, definitely. Like, that's, I think, four games that we've not lost in. And that's massive. We've got six points, I think, from that. And, like, moving up the table a bit and putting a bit of distance between us and the bottom, which is really quite, like, nice to take a bit of pressure off. I think, yeah, it seems like we're going in the right direction. Like, a lot of good players came in in January and, like, have kind of re-energised the squad. Yeah, and it's been you, good.
2: You mentioned you felt a, a draw was a, a fair result. We saw Charlton pushing for the for the winner there towards the end. You know, it's, it's quite tight down yeah. that bottom. It would have been a, it would it would have been a good, a good one to get.
7: Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think if any team deserved to win it, we did. But I think given the kind of... We did well to kind of stay in it at the beginning and keep it nil-nil and probably could have won it, should have won it, like we should have won it in the second half because we were the better team. But... I think, yeah, a win, a win would have been massive, but a point's really important too.
2: You mentioned, obviously, the disappointment of the goal that Charlton conceded a bit. Yeah. I don't know if it was a miscommunication or a, or a slightly uh, underhit back header, but it's the way you react to that that's important, isn't Yeah, it?
7: exactly, exactly. You can't, like, let that ruin the whole game and stuff, and thankfully we didn't, like, let that build up too much and they didn't get, really get any other opportunities barring their one goal, so that was good. Yeah. Well, I
2: don't know if you've seen the results elsewhere yet, but Coventry got a, a big win today, 1-0. Obviously, London Bees are. On the end of it with a tonking. Yeah. But it, it's, it's tight down that bottom. I mean, you still feel confident that Charlton have, have got a lot to play for and they can, yeah. they can stay up in this division?
7: I'm confident. Oh, 100% we can stay up. I think we've really been, like, building and there. Like, we were just in, in there. We're becoming a team that's really hard to beat, like previously in the season we might have lost these games and stuff but no I think, I think I'm think i fully confident we're going to
2: stay up It's a big game again next week Sheffield tough one but yeah. you know
8: Matisse no, is think... saying you play better against the bigger team sometimes Yeah it's
7: true and I think we can definitely go up there and get something I don't see why not I think we've been it's good Probably
8: mixed feelings now I think we, we wanted to come into the game and, and get three points I think that would have really helped our cause to, to secure our status um, but you know what we have done well this this year, certainly for for most of those games, we've not played that well. We haven't lost, and I think today is a, probably another example of that. Where um, you know before Christmas, the last twelve months, when we're not playing well, we tend to lose games. I think today we didn't play that well, but we were able to grind out at least a point, and you know points are important for us. Um, so you know I can't be too disappointed, but definitely we still got to get better in lots of areas
2: but yeah you you mentioned now four four unbeaten now, so that that run you' picking up these odd points here and there will help mm. towards this this battle for survival
8: yeah and and we're in a position where we have still a few games left to go um and the the only way you use that to your advantage if you do pick up points, whether it's three or one so um you know if you if you look back at the last four games we we are unbeaten, we look fairly solid, I think. Uh, but there's still definitely areas we need to improve on. Um so you know like I say mixed mixed feelings at the moment.
2: Um obviously start I thought it started the game quite well but then uh, the, the visitors came back into it before half time but it, it felt yeah. to me that Charlton looked the side more likely certainly towards the
8: end of the second half. Um yes I think that we we came into the game knowing they've got some some good players and they've got some threats they've they are investing quite heavily in, in their squad and and we prepared for their key strengths I don't think we dealt with that very well in the first half Um, but then I think we came out in the second half and and started okay and and managed their threats a little bit better to be honest you know looking back at the game I think it was it was was quite a scrappy game there wasn't really much in in the two teams to be honest so I think it would have been I think we would have been quite fortunate to get three points but obviously would have loved to nick it and same for them I don't think they did enough to to win the game Um, and it was you know, quite tight between both teams.
2: You mentioned, obviously, that growing confidence we've seen over the last few weeks. Obviously, you were Mm -hmm. personally rewarded with the the manager of the month. Is that something you feel Mm -hmm. that is a result of the whole team improving over the last few weeks?
8: I think the whole, yeah, the the whole group is improving. There's lots of things that we're getting better at. But, you know, to to be honest, we haven't... Our performances have been quite strong throughout the season. What we're getting better at is just managing those key moments and um, taking advantage of key moments. Um, and not conceding as many chances and that's really helped us just feel a bit more solid um, but to be honest the manager of the month award was quite a, uh, a strange one because we've still got loads of work to do and I don't want to get carried away at all it's, it's very nice to be recognised for that um, but I, I realise that March is an even bigger month for us than February was so of course if you receive a one award it means you're doing something well um, but we, we need to keep going.
1: Shinny prepares to take. Shinny it's takes his a shot. Oh, great free kick. Oh. The power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left but it's past him and Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick and Charlton, just before half time, make it two.
0: That you're gonna be okay anyway. You know there's no
2: Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. So just before the break there, we heard from Ratish and from Urfa uh, after the one-all draw with Lewis. And now there's something else I promised uh, at the top of the show we'll hear from John Farrell, um, author, Charlton fan. Uh, he wrote a. Uh, he put together a book called *The Valley Heroes* a couple of uh, years ago, listing all the top scorers uh, in Charlton seasons and and with a character as well. Uh, all of their history, uh, lots of little interesting facts about them. And now, uh, part two is out. So I spoke to John uh, on the phone earlier on today, and he can tell us a little bit more about the book.
9: Well, this is *Valley Heroes*, popular *Valley Heroes* series. So this is part two, and this covers. The top scorers for each season from 1970 up to 2020. Um, just to give you an idea of the size of the book, because it, it comes to, runs out to 240 pages and it covers 34 players, even though it, it's actually 50 years span, but some players were obviously top scorer more than once. Um, and then in, included in the book is a review of their career, not just with Charlton, their whole career with their stats for other clubs as well. And then there's a review of the season, for each season, that they, my um, the top scorer, so you can see how they uh, got their uh, their total of goals. And it's also illustrated, because uh, my fellow um, Charlton fan, David Ramzan, has, uh, once again, as he did for part one, um, provided caricatures of each player, so there's a caricature of each player for each uh, chapter, if you like. Mm.
2: It must have been enjoyable researching all these, all these Charlton legends and looking into their into their past.
9: Well, it was because, I mean, my started going to the Valley in 1961. Um, so I can remember obviously the players, this one starts in 69, You've got Ray Tracy, who was Irish um, uh, international that uh, many people will remember. He was um, top scorer for three seasons and then following on from that, we had Arthur Horsfield, who was prolific for a couple of seasons. And then a certain character called Derek Hales, who's the club's record goal scorer with 168 goals. Now he was actually he actually featured seven times in this book because he he was top goal scorer on seven different seasons. And of course, and then of course Mike Flanagan's in there as well. He got 120 goals overall. He was he was top scorer of three for three seasons.
2: Yeah, and so I mean, you obviously you mentioned Derek Hales. Obviously, that's a name that's synonymous with the club over the over the years. And um, I mean, did did you find anything sort of really interesting about him that perhaps you didn't know before, or, or is it more just like uh, sort of delving in delving into his history because he had, he had quite a varied career, didn't he?
9: Well, yes, because he, he he started non-league, um, made his name playing for Dartford, um, and that's when uh, and then he went he got signed up by Luton, didn't get much of a chance there, and Theo he did one of his inspired signings. He, he did some inspired signings, Theo, not um, only to get Derek Hales, but also you know, Colin Powell and Mike Flanagan for the really peanuts. And, um, and Hale, Hales, his career, really took off at the Valley. Um, and he obviously, after a few seasons, been a prolific scorer for us, of course, he got whisked off to First Division, as it was then, Derby County, for record fee. <clears throat> And also played for West Ham in the top division, but then returned to us, and then had several more seasons when he was top goal scorer. So he had quite a quite a career, and obviously finished off at um, Ginny.
2: Mm, Yeah, and obviously, I mean, even he was slightly before my time, but you hear all sorts of stories about about Derek Hales that I found quite interesting. Obviously, you've got um, you know, it, it goes up to quite recently as well. So you've got some more um, pl- yeah. players who'd be more well known for 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 the the younger generation in the book as well. Uh,
9: yeah, so coming towards the more recent times. I mean, also our management team features in it because Lee Bowyer was top scorer in '95, '96, and Johnny Jackson uh, was also a top scorer for two seasons um, more recently. And, of course, you've got the... um, In in here, you've also got the Premier League seasons when you've got, um, obviously, Clive Mendonca that got us up there, really, with his 28 goals in... uh, uh 98 and then of course in once you're in there you've got um Johnson, johansson jason yule jason yule was top scorer for three seasons and then um darren bent was um he was top goal scorer for two seasons so they were pretty prolific when they when we win the premier and we had sean bartlett in there as well he got a few he was top goal scorer one season
2: Excellent stuff. So obviously, a, a great keepsake uh, for full, full of excellent memories for for Charlton fans. How can they get their hands on this book?
9: Uh, well, it's uh, published on it's on Amazon um, and the paperback copy is £14.99, same as part one, and uh, the Kindle version is one ninety nine. So if you, if, if you put in Valley Heroes into Amazon, it will find both books. So if you will one or both um, because obviously you put the two together and you've got a hundred years because it's the start, the first one's 1920 to 1969 and the second one is 1970 to 2020. Right. So thanks to John. That's
2: uh, available now on Amazon, as he said there at the end. So if you want to get your hands on that, just head over to Amazon and, and put Valley Heroes into the search and you'll find the book. So, I mean, before we end the show, Terry and Mark we need to look ahead to this Northampton game it's it's a big if we get nine points from this week Terry then maybe I might start to change my tune but us getting nine points at home so far on average this season has taken about 10 months so if we can do it in a week what do you reckon?
4: yeah well i, I admire your, uh, your your confidence and your and your uh, positivity i look i think uh, as i mentioned before even though i got the team name wrong uh, and Pete, it was peterborough who um, hadn't lost for six games and they lost yesterday to uh, to burton so the the point still applies if we can somehow uh, and the three home games normally speaking you would think would be the best way to start that sort of run because three home games you'd you'd, you'd fancy most teams then to uh, to put in the uh, winning performances and, and come away with nine points, but obviously this season it's all up in the air. And uh, we're the second best team away from home, and something like the fifteenth best team uh, at home. So um, it's not something I am necessarily expecting, but if we can um, get and look, it's Northampton, Shrewsbury, and Bristol. I think are the three, aren't they, um, coming up now? They are teams that uh, that you would expect us to be able to compete with, and so why not? And if we can put three wins on the board. Uh, and then we got Wimbledon away after that, uh, so you know it starts to look a much better, better prospect. Uh, but we do need—I mean, obviously, it's 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 clear and it's uh, it's not rocket science. You know, for us to be anywhere near the playoffs, these three next three games at home are probably pivotal.
2: Yeah, I mean, an absolute minimum seven points. I think nine points would, you know, like I say, may, maybe make me change my tune, Mark. I mean, going into it, how are you feeling? Is there anyone? You know, both went with an unchanged side yesterday. Um, you know, he, yeah, I think that's only about the third time he's done that this season. Um, would, would you go with that again?
3: Well, I, first of all, it depends if Matthews is going to be fit. So otherwise Good
2: point. Lose. Yeah, no, he's not. So, he, I, well, I imagine he won't. So, he, he won't do that. But other than maybe Guns are and coming then in he for And well, he can bring
3: Prattley back onto the bench, possibly. He'll probably keep Watson in there. I mean, the thing about it, yes, Northampton talked um, Portsmouth yesterday, but they're a waveform. Northampton. They've only won three games. and They've almost they conceded almost thirty goals. So they're one of those teams at home. I think they've they've, they've won more than we have. But that's not difficult. Um, if you look at it that, it's it's difficult with um, games like this because, like I said, it depends how we start. If we start tight and we start first fifteen minutes and it's still cagey as it were, and we don't do anything stupid. And we don't concede early, and I think they could be there. I think he he might probably start Stockley alongside Washington, and um, keep Chucks to come on for the second half like that. I I think he's more it's, it's horrible because I think he is probably more effective coming on when defenders are tiring. And like I agree, I think he is marked now by referees if they look at his physicality. I mean, it's probably why we didn't get that. Stonewall penalty a couple of weeks ago when he was pushed over because they they just didn't believe a bloke that size could be pushed. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's going to change too much. Obviously, you know, how their rest of recuperation has gone um, today to whether Famewo, you know, he's only literally come back from, you know, quite a long layoff. Whether they might look at him and say you know, are you able to do Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday now? I mean, he's a young lad, he's he's fit, and you'd expect the um, medics to be on top of that. So, but I can't see him. I can't see Bose changing the back. Obviously, we've gone to there instead. So, yeah, I'd, it'll be pretty much as it is, practically coming in on the bench, uh, because we don't really have anyone else. I don't think Morgan's only going to make... I'm a miraculous appearance back. I think there's obviously more than one issue there, which is a pity because I like Albie and uh, I. We shall see how it goes Tuesday. Let's say I think Stockley will be on and Gunter, and they'll be pretty much the same.
2: Yeah. Well, let's see how it goes. Yeah, I think I think I overheard today that they that Bo gave him the day off again, which he did last Sunday. Um, again, it's not confirmed, I was sort of half, half eavesdropping on a conversation at the women's game, but uh, we'll, we'll yeah, see. J-
4: just as a cautionary tale on that, I mean, I, um, from watching the game uh, from the beginning and, and seeing the periphery, because uh, obviously not just what a lot of people see from the camera, um, Akin I did... Uh, was stretching his groin quite uh, stretching his hamstring. Sorry, quite a few times yesterday, and there were a few occasions where he did look a little bit leggy. Mm-hmm. He still played superbly well, by the way, and and even Jason Pearce did at times. So uh, you know, I wouldn't be amazed if uh, there's a shake-up in the back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously it's not going to be uh, Ryan Innes yet, but the way um, you know asking Akin Fanway to play um, that many games in quick succession, as Mark said, he's only just back, but. Uh, he, may, he you know. It looks like he might be susceptible in that area, the hamstring mm. area. So, do you risk him uh, the next game, and then he'd be out for two months? I'm not so sure. I think I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. it I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't. Hope we stick with the same side basically. But uh, I wouldn't be overly surprised if if he changes it a couple of mm. couple of players.
2: Well, that's interesting because part of that conversation I overheard today did was implying that someone had come in for a bit of a rubbing. So um, maybe that was maybe that was Akin, but maybe we'll find out. Uh, on Tuesday, right? We have come to the end of this week's uh, chat on live. So, thanks to all of you uh, who've listened all the way to the end. Thank you to um, Terry and to Mark for joining me. Cheers, Luke. Cheers, Lou. Good to have you both uh, with us. Uh, thanks to uh, Ertha and to Ratish from the women's uh, team for speaking to me earlier, and to John as well. Uh, thanks for everyone who emailed in. Uh, we will be back on the Thursday to look back at that game against Northampton on Tuesday, and then ahead to the home game on Saturday with Shrewsbury. We look forward to speaking to you then.